Hello, this is Jeff Lackey, host of your show, Growing Your Business with People. This is a place where CEOs and business leaders can get their MBA in people. Today, I am thrilled to be able to bring a friend of mine, a newly found friend, Kim Adele Randall. Kim is an amazing person, and she and I had some really remarkable chats. And the title of our show is From the Hairdresser to the Boardroom. Now, Kim Adele Randall is a renowned business consultant. She's an international best-selling author. She's an inspirational keynote speaker. Uh, she's done TED Talks. She's a proud mom. She has 25 years in the corporate wild world, right? And uh, she has garnered some amazing lessons. But actually, some of the most important lessons she learned was while she was a hairdresser. And you're going to learn exactly what those things were and, and how those contributed not only to her success, but also to the people around her success, those people who she is able to lead, mentor, teach these same techniques. She also has a upcoming book called Authentic Achievements. Now, get ready, people. This is a title. It's called The Seven Secrets <laughs> to Building Brave Belief, Having Unstoppable Sales, and Turning Your Leaders into Talent Magnets for Guaranteed Sustainable Growth. I think we're going to have the title flow into the front cover of the book because it's going to run out of space <laughs> on the front of it. So it's, it's awesome. I, I was teasing her earlier about the title. I love the title, but it's, it is the longest one I've ever seen. But that's, uh, but I think it's exactly it. Authentic achievements, right? It's, it's about, it's about some of the things she's talked about, having that brave belief, having unstoppable sales, you know, turning leaders into talent magnets uh, and, and what that can create. Right. So given the fact that our podcast here is for growing your business with people, I thought who better than Kim Adele Randall to have on the show and tell us about how she goes about working with her clients to grow their business with people. Thank you for coming on the show, Kim Adele. Oh, bless you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Um, oh. I'm still smiling at our chats last week <laughs> and our chats always, because I think it's, <laughs> I think in life, sometimes you just meet people that you feel like you've known forever, don't you? Because they've got that uh, same ethos, that same value set, and they recognize the power of people. And I think that's the it's kind of almost our number one gift once we get that, once we understand that actually it all comes down to people. And, you know, when I talk to, to um, business owners, you know, I, I often will have them sit with me and go, oh, Kim, this is really hard. And I'll be like, okay, it is, but explain to me, talk to me, tell me, what, tell me what's going on in your world. And they'll go, oh, I've got, you know, I've got the company, the board members, et cetera. I'm like, okay, so they're people. And I've got suppliers, I'm like, they're people. And I've got, partners, people. Um, I've got clients. Guess what? They're people. <laughs> and I've got colleagues, also people. I said, so what you need to be really good at is people. You get good at people and everything else becomes so much easier. And then I, well, that's really easy to say and hard to do. And I said, like, well, probably my number one lesson, and you're right, Jeff, I got this when I was hairdressing. But as a hairdresser, they taught us to listen, to really understand what was important to that person to try and find a way to make it happen and to have them leave you feeling like the best version of themselves. Well, when you learn to do that as a leader, you never have to worry about people not wanting to work with you because they get a feeling of increase from every interaction. And 
we all want that, don't we? We all all want to feel like we've been listened to, understood and respected. Even if we disagree, it's about disagreeing and not disrespecting. And I think, unfortunately, we've called people skills one of those soft skills. And after nearly 30 years in business, it always makes me smile. If they really are soft skills, why do people find them so hard? Because it's probably the one thing that most leaders can't do. This podcast is brought to you by 7-Step, a leading global workforce solutions provider that offers recruitment process outsourcing, MSP services to manage the flexible workforce, including suppliers and contractors, and total talent solutions for managing the entire permanent and flexible workforce supply. Their people are great, and so is their technology, particularly their Surveo Insights data and intelligence platform. It's really cutting edge, not only in how it brings your talent data together, but in how it draws deep, detailed, predictive intelligence. It's really like a crystal ball for your talent data. I used 7-Step at my previous two organizations, and their team helped us to launch a full-service RPO to staff healthcare workers, customer service reps, IT professionals, data science and engineering, digital design teams, along with aerospace engineers and manufacturing workers. Their talent analytics put data at my fingertips, which allowed me to see around corners and strategically plan for frequent and volatile market changes, including a global pandemic where we had to hire literally hundreds of thousands of people. Their deep knowledge and exceptional integrity allowed me to rely on them as a trusted partner across multiple lines of business. Go to 7stepRPO.com to learn more about the powerful things 7-Step can do for you. So many good pieces in there. So if you're a, a leader listening to this, this is a great time to rewind the tape. Listen to all that again, because uh, the, be- the best quote is, if they're really soft skills, why are they so hard? I think that's hysterical. And it's true. Another is that I picked out of there. It's both listening and respecting. We don't need to agree on everything. Actually, it's unauthentic to agree on everything. And and people don't respect you if you're not authentic. They can People can smell a, a fraud right away, especially teenagers. Yeah. I'm really raising a bunch of them. And boy, they call me out if I'm not being very, very, if I'm being hypocritical at all. If I said something 14 years ago and I'm doing something different than I told them 14 <laughs> years ago, they will remind me of it, right? But you have yeah, yeah. to try to be as authentic and uh, consistent as possible, right? And that means sometimes you disagree with somebody, but you don't have to be disagreeable. You can just disagree with respect. And sometimes it's about seeking to understand a little bit more because the way our brains work, we immediately leap to judgment. So if somebody says something and we, or we'll immediately go, I either agree or I disagree. So I'm straight into judgment. When we learn the art of curiosity, it's amazing how much more we learn. So instead of going, well, that's right or that's wrong, if instead we get curious and go, okay, I'll be honest, I've never thought of it like that before. Could you give me a little bit more about how you got to that understanding? Can you help me see the steps that you took? I might still disagree with you once you've done it, but I'll be learning something about the thought process that you went through because we... We live in a world of polarity. For every up, there's a down. For every left, there's a right. So the reality is, you know, they they say that there's two versions of the truth. I always think there's three. 
there's my version, your version, and then the actual version, because both of our versions are flawed. They come at it from a position where we filtered out things that aren't important to us. Um, and that's why when you have somebody play back something, I don't know if you've ever had this, where you have really understood something that happened in your past and you're telling somebody the story and they might have been part of it. And they're like, well, I don't remember it happening like that. You're like, do you not? (laughs) What do you remember happening? And they have a totally different perspective of it. Neither one of them is necessarily untrue. They've just come from a position of natural born bias. But we don't open our minds to that. We don't open our minds to the fact that we could inadvertently be clouding our own judgment with our own subconscious bias because our subconscious brain is the one that does most of the running for us. You know, I talk to people, particularly in business, who will be like, oh, no, Kim, I, I don't use my emotional brain. I use my thinking brain. And I'm like, well, that's impossible because our emotional brain responds 24 times faster than our thinking brain. So our initial response is always going to come from our emotion because it's hardwired neuroscientifically to be true. So you kind of go, actually, rather than responding to what's happening, you're responding to what you've made it mean. And once you understand that, and therefore you can just become curious, why do I, I wonder why I've made it mean this. I wonder what you're making it mean. I wonder where we're going to get to. Getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Because again, the way we've been brought up in society is the minute somebody stops speaking, you know you've got to start because there's silence. We don't like silence, do we? I mean, silence is scary. So we no longer listen to everything that's happening. We start to think about what we're going to say to respond. So we're not listening to understand anymore. We're listening to interject. And I see this so often in businesses where it's like, just get comfortable with the silence just listen to what they've got to say and be confident that when they stop speaking, you can go, wow, I'd not really thought of that. Okay, so what that's now making me think is, so I'm not leaving them with the dead silence that's going nowhere, but I'm giving them the gift of listening to everything they had to say, not just the first 75% of it, because now actually I'm off uh, creating what my response is going to be and how I move the conversation in the way that I want it to move. Um, It was one of those things that I learnt hairdressing, but I didn't realise that's what I'd learnt. And therefore, it's only when you, you know, over the years when people were talking to you about kind of your your ability to to deal with people or or handle difficult situations or handle conflict without there being um, any conflict, that you kind of go, oh, well, I thought everybody did that. (laughs) That was like, that wasn't a corporate skill that I was taught. That was something that I learnt probably at the age of 12, when I first got my Saturday girl job um, in the hairdressers and you had to kind of go in and and we dealt with some really difficult people sometimes, also some really lovely people. I had one lady who used to come in and read the telephone book. Yeah, bless her. She'd read the telephone book and then she'd just put it down and walk out and be like, see see you next week. (laughs) Um, But you had to deal with lots of very different individuals and try and have them all leave feeling a sense of increase, which was probably the best training ground that I could have had um, to be a leader, apart from being a mum, because I do often say that I learned more about being a mum in the last six years since becoming a mum than I did 
bless the souls of all the people that have led over the years and the 20 odd years beforehand, um, because you suddenly see the power of belief in children. And we all have that, but we lost it. We got so concerned that people will see us as harshly as we see ourselves. One of the greatest challenges that I see in, in leaders is that their greatest fear is that what they are telling themselves they don't like about themselves is going to be what comes back in any feedback if they ask for it. So they don't ask for it because if I don't ask, I'm not going to get. Therefore, I can be um, happily unaware. But the reality is when you play back what you think people think of you versus what they think of you, very often it can be so, so different. As folks are listening to this, what, what you're hearing is the fact that one of the world's biggest unmet needs that people have is that of being listened to, right? As a leader, you can fill that need. It's one of the easiest things, easiest hard things that you have to do, right? You have to slow down your own mind. You have to flush your ideas temporarily, put them on a, put them on a, on a shelf somewhere, put them away, zone into the person and just immerse themselves, yourself in their story. Allow yourself to, to put on the blinders and just be there with them in that moment. And, and imagine what they're going through. Watch them tell the story. Watch how their, their face is reacting. Watch how their hands are reacting. And watch how they tell the story. As, and as you imagine what's actually happening, right, as the, what they're going through, what you do is you start resonating. And as you resonate with a person, they realize that this person is listening to them and they, and they have somebody who's willing to hear them. They have ears that hear. And that is, that is a very refreshing feeling. And you know what? As a leader, there's a little benefit that you could get out of this. Chances are they're going to tell you something they'd tell nobody else. They'll tell something because they trust you enough to go deeper into the story than they'll tell anybody else. And by the time that you're done, they can unveil what you know. some people call the black swan, right? Something that they know that is actually critically important to something that you're working on or something another team is working on that now you're aware of that was otherwise hidden. Because just because you took an extra 30 seconds, an extra minute and a half, what's 90 seconds in your day to just be present listening in that moment and not being distracted with what you have to say. And believe you me, I'm preaching to myself here. It is hard to shut off my mind. With as much coffee as I'm drinking, it's hard to shut off the brain. Well, thank you for listening to part one of episode 11, Hairdresser in the Boardroom. Continue the conversation with us in part two, where Kim Adele Randall tells a story about how a cup of tea improved the productivity in a company.